you avoid common injuries in your everyday life? What are the best first aid techniques? How do you keep your home, workplace, and family safe? Welcome to Safety is Your First Choice with your host, Todd Murray. Today, he'll discuss best practices to help you steer clear of hazards, prevent injuries, and accidents. Now, here is Todd Murray. Hello there. Welcome back to Safety is Your First Choice with your host, Todd Murray. I am here hoping and uh, I'm trusting that you made last week a safe one. So today, I'd like to talk to you guys about some of the things that I've been seeing. I've been seeing over the years, you know, with the uh, with the insurance issues and health care and all those fun, fun topics, not so much to most, <laughs> but, you know, when uh, when I'm on the fire truck, we get a variety of different calls and dispatch would give us a call, call us out. We we don't know exactly what we're getting. They give us a general uh, idea of what it is we're we're responding to. And then we'll we'll jump in the truck and speed through the streets, lights and sirens. Admit it's kind of fun, but we uh, so we we'll arrive and, and we'll take a look and see what the situation is. Not always does it match up with what the uh, the dispatch information is, you know. And a lot of times in the in the past we'd see people they'd go to the hospital and they'd get transported uh, to the hospital for whatever reason whatsoever, um, based on insurance. They were like, okay, everything gets covered and we're off to the hospital. Uh, nowadays, what we're kind of seeing is that uh, not so much. You know, people are hesitating to call. People are, uh, when we do arrive, when they do call, they are, we're suggesting, you know, hey, you know what, you might need to go get looked at. Now, I can only speak for our truck or, you know, and, and trucks that I've been on and, and crews that I've been working with, obviously. We, uh, we try to make an informed decision, give you an informed decision so that you can make that decision on uh, what's best for you and your health. Now, the name of the show is Safety is Your First Choice, but how can you make safety your first choice if you're not healthy enough to even make that choice, right? So I, I kind of want to focus a little bit on that today, you know, and also in the some of the current events that uh, we have. We've got uh, a Democratic presidential candidate that uh, – was experiencing some kind of uh, chest pressure issue, uh, had some signs and symptoms uh, based uh, on what he said even, that uh, he's had them for a little while and he's ignored them. You know, he writing it off to one thing or another. What do they say that uh, the worst patients are doctors like that or even probably firefighters as well because I know I, I – I try to self-diagnose and say, oh, no, I'm fine. I, you know, I just want to ignore this, whatever, right? Well, how can we be make uh, safety our first choice if we're not healthy enough to make that make that choice? So I want to kind of talk a little bit more about uh, about that, and uh, you know, making decisions, uh, making safety your first choice. You know, it, when we respond to people's homes and we give them all the information about what's going on with them. And then they decide, well, you know what, I, I, I don't want to go to the hospital. I don't, want to, I don't want to go to the hospital by ambulance. Now, we won't suggest that everybody has to go to the hospital by ambulance. You know, we'll, we'll save that for people that are critical, you know, that need to be transported by uh, ambulance. When we arrive on scene, we're able to start, start treatment. We're able to start that treatment process to help, help uh, alleviate or alleviate pain or start 
getting things set up so that when you do get to the hospital, they don't have to start from square one. They can they can start a little bit further into the process. So if uh, if we decide that, hey, you know what, you should go by ambulance, you know, that's a recommendation that we make, right? Uh, a lot of people, instead of making their safety their first choice, they're making the insurance company or their pocketbook the first choice. You know, and over the years, uh, as, I, as I mentioned before, I've been on the fire department for going on 20 years now. And uh, it wasn't always that way. It wasn't always that way. So it, at this point, I'm thinking, you know, obviously there's things that have changed in the insurance industry and it's expensive. We all know that. Uh, but we need to make safety our first choice. We need to make safety, our safety, the first choice. And then, you know, besides that, it's wait until the last minute. You know, when you, if you wait to the last minute to, to make a call, uh, let's say you're, you're feeling these pains, pressure, signs and symptoms of, of things that might be going wrong with you, or you just don't feel right. And you wait till the last minute where you, these, these pains and pressure, they're, they're just so unbearable that you just have to call. Okay. Now it puts you into a situation where, okay, uh, this is more critical for you to uh, get transported to the hospital. And if you're making uh, your pocketbook the first, the first thing you're thinking about, you're not going to make safety your first choice. So we need to, we need to talk a little bit more about that and, and get into to what took place, uh, what takes place and, and what you're thinking when you, when you try to keep yourself safe and, and healthy. You know, it also starts, it starts well, well before you start to get these different signs and symptoms, right? You know, they talk about it all the time. You see it everywhere, you know, eat healthy, exercise, don't smoke, and, and these, uh, these variety of things. Some of those things we're still going to do, right? Some of those things we're still going to do. So if that's the case, let's try to do those things, but let's do those in a safe manner. And if we are going to do those things, let's take a look at... Uh, how we can, uh, what the danger signs are. Let's, un let's learn and figure out what those signs and symptoms are that uh, makes us say, hey, you know what, I need, to, I need to start the process of taking care of myself or I need to start the process of getting checked out. I'm always going to be an advocate for regular physicals and, and checkups. And, and we had uh, uh, 360 physical therapy here, Allison Tinsdale, uh, sorry, doctor of physical therapy. She was here and she talked about, hey, um, we go to eye doctors, we go to dentists, you know, we may need to go to physical therapists on a regular basis as well. So I'm a, I'm a big advocate of being able to go and, and take a look at these professionals, meeting with these professionals, have them take a look at you and make sure that things are working the way that they're supposed to for you. Okay. So, um, a little bit more about that, uh, event. I've had, uh, received some emails and, and, uh, some questions, I taught a few uh, CPR classes and had a variety of questions from them regarding the uh, situation that happened with that Demo Democratic uh, presidential candidate. And, uh, you know, it first came out saying, well, uh, it wasn't a heart attack and then it was a heart attack. Or, uh, And I've had some people ask me, what's the difference between a heart attack and sudden cardiac arrest and, you know, What's this? What's that? That kind of thing, right? Now, understand, I'm not a doctor. I am an EMT, uh, but I am not a doctor. So I'm going to give this to you in some kind of lay terms. 
layman's terms here. All right. So if we take a picture of a heart, if we just, you know, draw a heart, how you normally would just draw, you know, the cute little loving heart, right? So you draw a heart, divide that into four sections. The top sections, the upper top sections are called your atrium, right? That's, you know, you, I remember thinking of uh, atrium, uh, atria. So the holding area, okay? And then the lower half is your ventricles. And uh, what ends up happening is blood goes into one section. So your, as you look at the heart there, it'd be your upper left section. Blood comes in there, then pushes down to your, the lower left section. From that section, it goes to the uh, lungs to get some oxygen. Then from the lungs, comes back to the heart. So it goes to the upper right section as you're looking at your, your heart there. And then pushes down to the right ventricle. And then from there, it gets pushed out to the rest of the body. So arteries bring blood away from the heart. And veins bring blood back to the heart. Okay, so... All the arteries that supply the heart are the first ones that branch off. There's the aortic, the uh, aorta, a large artery that comes out of the heart, basically provides blood to the body. That's where the majority. That's where the blood goes. It goes through that to get to the rest of the body. Now, the smaller arteries branch off of that and feed the heart. Heart's a muscle. Okay, so what happened with this uh, candidate, apparently, and I don't know which arteries it were, but a couple of those arteries were blocked. So if you starve a muscle of nutrients, that muscle gets weak. That muscle gets weak, it's not able to push the blood as hard, as fast, or as far as it would uh, normally be able to do. So in this instance, had a couple arteries that were blocked, so certain parts of the heart were starving basically of oxygen and nutrients. He started to feel that by being tired, he uh, short of breath, that blood starts to back up. If you're not able to push that blood out, now the heart has one-way valve, so when it compresses, it pushes the blood in one direction. And then when it relaxes, it fills back up again. When it contracts, it pushes the blood in one direction. Now, if it's not able to push very well, you're going to start to get some of that blood backing up. And since the lungs are part of that whole process, you might get some blood backing up into the lungs as well, causing some difficulty breathing. Now, obviously, this is kind of a, just a general uh, overview of what a heart attack is, but that's, that's just of what took place. What they did was they went in there and they used a couple of mesh type, um, they call them stents. And what that does is it goes in and then opens up that artery, keeps that artery open so that blood can flow through there and then supply nutrients back to the parts of the heart that need it. Okay, so that's, that's just a general kind of overview of a heart attack. Now, there's also a sudden cardiac arrest, okay? Uh, and that's something that happens to adults. It happens to, and it can happen to children and stuff as well, right? So let's take a break. After the break... I'll come back and, and, and let's talk about what starting sudden cardiac arrest involves and what can be done to help with that. And we'll go from there, right? So let's go. Let's jump to a break. You're listening now to Safety is Your First Choice with your host, Todd Murray. Now, remember, 
send me any questions and things that you have, right? If, if some of this is not clear for you, you wanted some clarification, shoot me an email. Safety is your first choice at gmail.com. You can always call into the radio show as well. Okay. And, and uh, hit me up on the uh, variety uh, page of uh, Voice America Radio. And uh, you can find my uh, variety page right there. Safety is your first choice with Todd Murray. We'll be back to you right after the break. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. The joy of being a parent begins with knowing what to do in case of an emergency. At CPR Baby, safeguarding the health of your infant is their number one goal. They offer a selection of onesies imprinted with visual cues that enable parents and others to perform proper CPR on your baby in the event of an emergency. Wrap your bundle of joy in the comfort of knowing, knowing that CPR Baby is there for you in case of an emergency. Visit CPRBaby.com today. Experience the joy of living, not just aspects of your life, but the true joy of life itself. Barry Shore has. You could call him an ambassador of joy. From a successful entrepreneur to becoming a quadriplegic due to a rare disease to his ongoing recovery through swimming and physical rehabilitation. Barry now presents his gifts to others as host of The Joy of Living. All you need to do is tune in. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Safety is Your First Choice. To reach Todd Murray or his guest today, feel free to call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to safetyisyourfirstchoice at gmail.com. Now back to this week's show. Welcome back. Welcome back. Okay, before the break, we talked about um, heart attacks, right? And signs and symptoms, uh, you know, difficulty breathing, sweaty, lack of energy. Sounds like uh, sounds like me after taking care of the kids after <laughs> several hours. But um, so yeah, so those are some of those signs and symptoms. Now th- that's associated with uh, with a heart attack. You get those, you know, you you struggle through the day. You start to feel some of that chest. Uh, you know, they talk about feeling um, maybe some tr- chest pressure that radiates to your left arm. Uh, science and, and, and information it says now that uh, we found out that women they present differently. I've been on several cases where um, in, in women it was uh, they had lower back pain and they complained of that and ended up having a heart attack. So any discomfort, pressure, 
difficulty issues that you're having, you should have those things checked out. We, at this point, we, we, we need to uh, investigate whatever's going on in your body, right? Well, let's not be putting those things off. So the other, other aspect of that is sudden cardiac arrest, okay, SCA, sudden cardiac arrest. Now, that's different. So a heart attack is a blockage, okay? Sudden cardiac arrest is an electrical issue, okay? Um, you may have heard of pacemakers, things like that. Okay, uh, the pacemaker is, uh, it's, sends out a rhythmic pattern. You know, they talk about lub-dub, lub-dub, you know, when you listen to your heart and you, you feel that or hear that. So there's an electrical impulse that gets sent out. So if you, if you look back at your, the heart that I had you to write in the first segment, or draw in the first segment, that upper left area, that, uh, so that would be your, as you look at it, it'd be your upper left corner, but uh, it's, that's your right atria, okay? In that area, there's what they call the SA node, sinoatrial node. So that little spot right there, that's your pacemaker site, okay? Electrical activity comes from that site. And it's just a re regular rhythmic uh, impulse that comes out, spreads through the rest of the heart, and causes that to be able to give you that lub-dub. So it allows the, the atria to open up, while the ventricles are contracting so that they fill and then the atrial contract and the ventricles open up so that the blood through the one-way valves get pushed into the ventricles. And then the ventricles contract again, push it to, out to the rest of the body and the atria open and fill up again. Okay, and it's just a rhythmic pattern. Well, ends up, what ends up happening with that sudden cardiac arrest is they don't, it's not rhythmic any longer. Okay, it's a, it's a sporadic quivering of the heart. And when that happens, it's a sudden collapse. That's why it's, or go, sudden cardiac arrest. That's when somebody's standing there and all of a sudden they just collapse. There's really no signs or symptoms. It can be caused by a variety of different things, okay? And that's when somebody just suddenly drops and collapses. So that sudden cardiac arrest on a heart attack is a blockage. Sudden cardiac arrest is electrical activity. It's getting out of whack. That is what your automated external defibrillators, the AEDs, help the most with. Okay, now I might uh, I might be ruining some of your some of your doctor shows that are out there, right? But the way the AED works is it wipes out any electrical activity in the heart, in the hopes that that sinoatrial node starts to fire again and then starts to give a nice rhythmic pattern again. They say that the longer the heart is out of the proper rhythm, the longer or harder it is to get it back into the proper rhythm. Okay? So that's why it's real imperative that, uh, one, everybody gets takes a CPR class. Two, that they get an AED uh, near them and get it on that patient as quickly as possible and deliver that, uh, if required, deliver the shock that uh, can help reset that heart, per se. Okay? So, um, w what I'd like to do is, uh, you know, we talked about, we're talking about a little bit about CPR. I know that I've uh, covered CPR with, uh, for infants, uh, a couple episodes previous here. Uh, I'd like to talk a little bit more, just, you know, when we're dealing with this uh, sudden cardiac arrest, with heart attacks, I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, how CPR helps uh, for adults. Okay, um, so 
one of the first things that you need to do, and I'll just go through uh, what we talk about in my CPR classes. Okay. Uh, first thing that you need to do is make sure that the area is safe. Whoever you're dealing with, if you come across somebody that uh, is down and they're in an area that you're not, uh, you know, they're not supposed to be laying and, and you may know them or you may not, but make sure that the area is safe. You know, we have tunnel vision, uh, even us firefighters. You know, as I mentioned, we jump in those fire trucks and we're speeding through the streets, lights and sirens. We, um, pulling up on people, people pulling to the right, okay? As uh, they see the lights and sirens behind them, you should be pulling to the right. That's my PSA announcement right there. But, uh, so we get to the site, we get to the person uh, or the incident location, we jump off the truck, our adrenaline's pumping a little bit, you know, we're speeding and lights and sirens and all that kind of get a little anxious. So we get off the truck, grab our equipment, we need to stop and take a look and make sure that that area is safe, even us as firefighters, right? We've seen uh, around the country where firefighters have been shot or shot at uh, for whatever reason. We need to stop, slow down, take a look and make sure that everything's uh, the way it's supposed to be. So after that, then uh, once you've determined that, then you wanna make uh, check the level of consciousness. So it's tapping, hey, hey, are you okay? Um, and trying to see what to get them aroused, okay? And at that point, we need to do if they are not, if you're getting no response, no signs of breathing, no, uh, no response, you want to put them on, and you're by yourself as a, and you're dealing with an adult, you want to put them on their side in the recovery position. Now, when you put them on the recovery position, that's when you need to go call 911 and get an AED and return back to this person. Okay. Now, all this information, you need to take a CPR class. Let me, let me preface that right now. You do need to take a CPR class for a lot of this. But let me tell you why starting CPR, if you, uh, why starting CPR is so important. Adults, we go into cardiac arrest due to lifestyle issues. The things we, that fun that we wanted to do or that fun that we wanted to have. Uh, eating the, the fatty foods, lack of exercise, drinking alcohol, smoking this, smoking cigarettes. So, uh, let's see, experiment with drugs in college. Whatever the case may be, we'd beat up our bodies over the years, right? So we need what the fire department brings, okay? What the paramedics bring. Drugs to help stimulate the organs and muscles, get those back firing and getting, getting them back into the right uh, pattern that they need to be in. Or that automated external defibrillator and or I should say, that automated external defibrillator, the AED. That's why adults go into cardiac arrest. So CPR, what CPR does for adults is circulate oxygenated blood. Okay, it circulates oxygenated blood. We're trying to keep the brain alive till those things get on scene to be able to help them. Okay, so it's the brain starts to die at about six or eight minutes without oxygenated blood. So if uh, if we could run through a quick timeline, so it takes about a minute or so for a uh, a person to recognize that somebody's in trouble or needs some help. Okay, takes another minute or so in, in our in the valley here in uh, Arizona. We have two dis dispatch locations, so you'll call, you'll get the sheriff's department, they'll ask your exact location, they'll transfer you to either one or the other dispatch location. 
should have two so that if one goes down, the other dispatch location can take over for the city. Okay. So you get to that uh, certain dispatch location, they get information from you. As soon as you start talking and they have your location, they hit a button, they're dispatching the closest available unit to you. Okay. That whole process though takes approximately, you know, another minute or so. Okay. So right now we're sitting at two minutes in the Valley. If our fire trucks are in the station waiting for that call, they're not out doing training. They're not uh, shopping for their meals. They're not getting clearing another call that might be on the opposite end of their district. Okay. If they're in their station, in the middle of their district, they should be able to respond to any location in their district within four minutes. So with that said, with those two minutes up front already, and then a four minute response time, and that's to the front door. That's six minutes right there. So if no CPR is being done on an adult, you're starting to see some forms of brain death. That's why it's important that everybody learn CPR. And now with the compression only CPR, that's where, if you have not been certified in CPR, that's where you would, uh, after you've initiated 911, gotten an AED, brought it back, you'd come back to the patient, you would roll them over, and you would start doing chest compressions. Center of the chest, mid-nipple line, 30 chest compressions at a rate of 120 per minute. And I like to say between 100 and 120. So if you're going to practice that, you know, practice maybe on the lower end because when your adrenaline starts pumping, you're going to you're going to press a little bit faster and a little bit quicker. Okay. Um, so yeah. So you so we need to get that blood circulating. Okay. We need to get that blood circulating so that we can get uh, that oxygenated blood to the brain to keep the brain alive. Now. As you start doing those chest compressions, you're building up pressure in the arteries. Building up that pressure in the arteries, that's what gets that blood moving. It, once you stop, once you stop doing chest compressions, you lose all that pressure. Once you lose all that pressure, it takes more chest compressions to get that pressure built back up again to get it to the, to the brain and get that circulating again. Okay? So it's imperative once you start doing that chest, chest compressions, you start doing them hard and fast, okay? You want to get, you want to compress the chest about two inches in depth for an adult. And you're using both your hands and you're going at a rate between about 100 and 120 per minute, okay? So you want to continue that. And there's four ways that you can stop doing CPR. One of them, obviously, is if they wake up, you know? You, you don't have to tell them to go back to sleep because you're, you're only at 15, right? If you're, you're doing your 30 chest compressions, at some point that patient wakes up, that's what you're looking for. You can put them in the recovery position have them, uh, and stay with them. If you get too tired, it is exhausting, okay? It is exhausting. So if, if you get too tired, put them in the recovery position, shake out your arms, take a few breaths, kind of rest a little bit. Try not to wait more longer than six to eight minutes, okay? If you're in a metropolitan area, Nine times out of 10, you'll have a truck there prior to, to getting too exhausted, okay? Another way is if the area becomes too unsafe. And then the fourth way is that if someone with equal or greater training arrives to take over, okay? So why don't we go ahead and take another break, 
gave you a lot of information. Why don't you let that soak in a little bit? If you do have some questions, hit us up, give us a call. We'd be more than happy to talk with you and uh, see what we can get cleared up for you. Otherwise, let's take a break, and I will see you on the other side of the break. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com The joy of being a parent begins with knowing what to do in case of an emergency. At CPR Baby, safeguarding the health of your infant is their number one goal. They offer a selection of onesies imprinted with visual cues that enable parents and others to perform proper CPR on your baby in the event of an emergency. Wrap your bundle of joy and the comfort of knowing, knowing that CPR Baby is there for you in case of an emergency. Visit CPRBaby.com today. Beauty is always a reflection of how we are taking care of ourselves from the inside, and our business is no different. Building your business brand is a direct reflection of you. In today's competitive landscape, personal and proven leadership skills can ensure that our brands and businesses succeed. Join host Bonnie Bonadeo and visionary guest experts to help you find success. Tune into beautiful brands inside and out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Safety is Your First Choice. To reach Todd Murray or his guest today, feel free to call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to safetyisyourfirstchoice at gmail.com. Now back to this week's show. Welcome back after the break. Your host, Todd Murray. Safety is your first choice. Now, we, uh, before the break, we were talking about, uh, we were going through some of the CPR uh, details, let me, let me say. So I, I just want to recap that real quick, okay? So when we're doing, if we see somebody that's down, uh, we're unsure, you know, we're going to, you know, yell out first, hey, hey, are you okay? Something of that nature. You're going you're gonna to make sure that the uh, area is safe and you're going to approach. You're going to tap. Hey, are you all right? You're going to shake. See if you get some kind of response. If it's an adult, you're by yourself. Roll that patient on their side, and you're not getting any kind of response, I should say. And then roll them on their side into recovery position. Go call 911 and get an AED and return. Now, if you're not certified in CPR, this is where you would roll them back over you would leave this AED to the side. If you're not certified, if you're not trained in how to use the AED, you're not able to use it. 
to set it to the side. Now, the reason you do that, because if somebody that is certified, they come along and see that the AED is not being used and they're certified, then they can grab it. They'll know to grab it and put it on them and use. It is an extremely easy thing to use. However, you must check in your jurisdiction in Arizona here, you need to be trained in CPR prior to using the AED. Some areas might be different. So you, you need to check in on that depending on where you're located. So at that point, if you're not trained in CPR, you would just place your hands center of the chest, center of the sternum, mid-dimple line, and start chest compressions. Now, when I teach my CPR classes, I like to give them um, some of the real-world information, okay? So in the training video, it says that while you do your chest compressions, you're going to feel changes in the chest wall. The sternum's connected to the ribs by cartilage. When you make those first few compressions, you're going to separate the sternum from the ribs. It feels like cracking your knuckles, and that's what it sounds like as well. It kind of frees up everything. It makes it a little bit easier to do those chest compressions. All right? So we're going to be compressing that chest. We want to try to compress the chest approximately two inches in depth. Okay, So that's the first thing that you, that's going to kind of throw you off a little bit. And once you do that, it's going to free up and you're going to be able to do those chest compressions a little easier. If you're able to give breaths, okay, if you give those breaths, if you're certified and you, you're able to give breaths, those breaths need to be delivered over approximately one second period of time and just enough to make the chest rise and fall. Okay, now if you give those breaths too quickly or too forcefully, you could blow air into the stomach. A lot of times when we do CPR, uh, the patient does get sick. They vomit. Okay. It is something that happens quite frequently. You should expect it. If you expect it, then it won't throw you off or whatever. You'll, you'll know that that's, that's part of the process. Okay. Roll that patient over, clear out the mouth, and then uh, continue on with the CPR. Compression only if that's all you can do, or compressions and breaths if you have a, a, a face barrier. Now, the likelihood of you catching anything from uh, mouth to mouth, as long as you have intact skin and the patient has intact skin, they say is, is extremely rare, but it is your choice at that point uh, if you want to put your mouth on the patient after that, okay? So just, just understand that, you know, uh, the patient getting sick like that is something that does happen during this process. You know, uh, several years ago, I read an article where a lady was trained in CPR. Her little one uh, uh, fell in the pool, a near-drowning situation. Uh, the lady was asked later uh, why she didn't start CPR. And her response was, because I was afraid I was going to hurt my baby. I, that kind of threw me for a loop. And uh, I incorporated this story in my, my training sessions ever since. Understand that if you're starting CPR on someone, there is nothing you can do to make that worse. Let me repeat that. If you're starting CPR on someone, there is nothing you can do to make that situation worse. CPR will not make the situation worse. Okay. If in fact the heart is beating and you start doing chest compressions, chest compressions will not damage the heart, stop the heart in any manner. Okay. It will not make the situation worse. So please do not hesitate to start 
chest compressions. Is it, if it's only uh, chest compressions only, or if you're certified in CPR, starting chest compressions and breaths. Now understand, uh, I emphasize the fact that you say uh, chest compressions and breaths, right? Me, you know, the proper way to do CPR is with chest compressions and breaths, right? For adults, all we're trying to do is circulate oxygenated blood to keep the brain alive till we get those things that can help save that uh, that patient, right? So if for whatever reason, this person uh, went into ca uh, cardiac arrest due to lack of airway or lack of oxygen in the blood, compression-only CPR really does not circulate oxygenated blood because that's the whole reason the person passed away in the first place without, because they didn't have oxygenated blood. So compression-only would not suffice. Now, you do get some passive air movement. You are pressing on the chest. You, you are compressing the lungs. So you do get some passive air, air movement. Uh, to help get some oxygen in there, but not the best, okay? That's why compressions with breaths is a proper way to do CPR, and that's the, once you get trained, once you get certified, that's why you're taught that way, okay? So, um, compression-only CPR, if, if you aren't certified, or if you choose not to put your mouth on the patient, compression-only CPR is useful as well, okay? It is useful, it's better than not doing anything at all. But understand, CPR will not make a situation worse. So please do not hesitate to start CPR. Please do not hesitate to start CPR if someone is down. Now understand, if you start doing those chest compressions and the patient starts to wake up, that's one way you can stop. You're perfect. Good. That's what we want to have happen. So start it. Start the CPR. Okay? So, you know, those... Uh, it, when we're when we're looking at these different things uh, in society today, and you know, trying to get more people, I know in Arizona here, uh, all high school seniors, graduating seniors uh, this year, uh, or graduating next year, I should say, this uh, school season or school year, uh, need to be re they're required to have a CPR certification to get their diploma. You know, that's a good start. We need to get more people certified in CPR so that they can help. Okay, we're, we're finding now, like I mentioned at the top of the show, we're finding now that more people are, are waiting to the last minute. They're avoiding health care because they're making their pocketbook their first choice, not their, uh, the safety of their health their first choice. Okay, so we need, to, uh, we need to be more aware of that, and we need to be able to uh, help these people if something does go wrong. Okay. Now, with, uh, w once you, uh, you're doing your chest compressions, 30 chest compressions, two breaths, you're going to continue that till uh, obviously, help arrives. If you're using the AED, okay, if you have somebody there and they're certified uh, and you're putting the pads on there, put those pads on and follow the prompts of the AED. The AED will walk you through everything, okay? As you put those pads on, the way the AED actually works is it'll send a signal through one pad, and try to pick it up with the other pad. Okay, once it picks that signal up, it'll go to the next phase and continue on. Now, when we're thinking about the heart, the heart's a pump, right? It's pumping blood throughout the body. So think of your chest compressions as priming the pump, okay? You're actually doing the work for the pump, for that heart. So you're getting that blood circulating and moving, getting the pressure up, so that when you do put the AED on, and if there is a shock advised, and you shock, the heart is already in the perfect position to start working. 
It's got good oxygenated blood in there. I talked about how the arteries right off the heart uh, feed the feed the heart. So there's nice, good oxygenated blood in all those arteries. That's because you've been pumping or you've been doing those chest compressions to help get that pressure up and get that circulation going. And so you're making it that heart the best viable heart possible f- to receive a shock to get it back working the way it needs to. Okay, so you you continue doing those chest compressions till the very last minute till that AED tells you don't touch the patient analyzing. Once that happens, you just follow the prompts for the AED. It'll tell you to if a shock is advised or if you need to continue doing chest compressions or not. So you just follow those prompts and you leave the the pads on, you leave the AED on uh, and continue. Now, after a shock is advised, don't uh, don't sit back and try to stare at the patient, think, trying to look to see if anything worked or not. You want to jump right back on that chest and start chest compressions again. Okay. Uh, studies show that the heart is most vulnerable right after a shock. Okay. So that's when you want to jump on that chest and start doing those chest compressions and help it uh, get right back into the rhythm that it's supposed to get into. Okay. And that's the best way to do that. Uh, so with CPR. It is. It is a. It saves lives. Okay. It uh, it helps people stay alive till the things they need arrive on scene. And it uh, for children and infants, as I mentioned before in the previous episodes, because children and infants go uh, into cardiac arrest due to airway issues, CPR can save and bring back children and infants. Typically with adults, as I mentioned earlier, CPR. All CPR does is buys time till the proper medicine or proper tools arrive on scene to help get them uh, out of that cardiac arrest or, or the issue that they're in currently. Okay. So why don't we take a quick break? And when we get back from the break, I want to talk a little bit more about, uh, you know, we're getting into some of the holiday seasons or the traveling stuff. And there's some, there's some things that we see quite often uh, on the fire truck with, uh, with some of our elderly patients and some of those issues and medications and traveling and all that. So after the break, let's uh, let's talk about some of those issues and answer some of the questions that I've uh, received over email and uh, some of the phone calls. So thanks. You're listening to Safety is Your First Choice. Your host, Todd Murray. We'll be right back after the break. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com The joy of being a parent begins with knowing what to do in case of an emergency. At CPR Baby, safeguarding the health of your infant is their number one goal. They offer a selection of onesies imprinted with visual cues that enable parents and others to perform proper CPR on your baby in the event of an emergency. Wrap your bundle of joy and the comfort of knowing, knowing that CPR Baby is there for you in case of an emergency. Visit CPRBaby.com today. Beauty is always a reflection of how we are taking care of ourselves from the inside, and our business is no different. Building your business brand is a direct reflection of you. In today's competitive landscape, personal and proven leadership skills can ensure that our brands and businesses succeed. Join host Bonnie Bonadeo and visionary guest experts to help you find success. Tune into beautiful brands inside and out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Safety is Your First Choice. To reach Todd Murray or his guest today, feel free to call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to safetyisyourfirstchoice at gmail.com. Now back to this week's show. Welcome back. Welcome back to Safety is Your First Choice. Now, uh, before the break, we were talking about our CPR and, and getting everything squared away on how we should uh, we should do it, and uh, emphasizing the fact that everyone needs to be trained in CPR, right? So, you know, there's classes that are offered everywhere. Uh, I know that uh, in Arizona, I offer classes. I offer some in-home training classes, uh, four people group, those kind of things as well. So uh, CPRbaby.com is a place you can go to to, uh, to sign up for some classes. Uh, we have a variety of options for you. So, you know, if you're interested, uh, I think, like I say, I think everybody should be trained in CPR. Uh, take a look at those uh, CPRbaby.com or ERCT.net uh, to take care of any of your, your CPR training needs. Now, with, the, uh, with that CPR... Um, as I mentioned earlier, it's critical you get started as soon as possible and keep that going, okay? Now, there's other issues that prevent us from uh, being at our top peak health, okay? Some of the things that we see on the fire department. So we're starting to get into this season. In Arizona, obviously, it's just different throughout the country. But in Arizona, we get a lot of people that uh, live in Arizona during the wintertime. And then, uh, then they leave, go back to up north or wherever they're from. And um, so they split the time. So six months here and six months there, whatever the case may be, right? So we get more people are coming back in town at this point. Our call volume uh, increases, okay? We get more people in town. So, yeah, we get more people. So, yeah, your call volume should increase. Well, a lot of times what we see are um, medical issues, Okay, and, and it kind of relates because of the, the, the a lot of heart medications and things of that nature. Uh, everybody gets thrown off a little bit, and they're wondering why. Or they, when we arrive on scene, they say, "Okay, well, you know, we're, we're, I follow my regular routine, but uh, my mom or my dad or whatever, they they're just lethargic, or they just don't seem right, they don't feel right, or they call and say that about themselves." Understand, in Arizona, it's a desert, okay? We all understand that live here, understand that we are walking around here most of the time. We're, we're pretty much dehydrated, okay? It's, there's no moisture in the air. It saps the moisture from our bodies, right, and uh, goes into the atmosphere. If we don't replenish that quite frequently, 
we will be more on the dehydrated side. Now, I'm originally from Minnesota. A lot of moisture, 10,000 lakes, trees, plants, everything, right? Rains all the time. Um, humidity in uh, July, August, September time frame, right? So up there, there's a lot of moisture in the air. So your body's able to keep that moisture in. So if you're taking your medications and you're in a more humid environment, your medications affect you one way there. And then when you come down here and you're dehydrated, medications are, affect you differently. Okay, your body's off. It changes. And a lot of times people don't realize that and they get themselves in some trouble. Okay. It's highly suggested that you have a doctor up north and have a doctor down south that communicate amongst each other. You need to see your doctor before you leave on your trips and then when you arrive to where you're going, if you're going to be staying in you know, an extended period of time. You need to take a look and see how your medication and how your body's changing. That dose of medication that you take up north may not be the same dose that you get when you're down here in the valley. You might need more, you might need less. It may need to be adjusted a little bit. Now, based on your age and, and how fragile you might be, your health might be, it, you may not see a big swing. But if, if your health is a little bit more fragile or on the edge, that difference in atmosphere may change how that medication affects you and cause more issues for you. Okay, so keep that in mind when you're traveling or if you're going from one location, you're, you know, maybe a second home or you're, you're coming down to live with uh, your kids or whatever the case may be. Remember that, that changing your environment can change how your medication affects your body. One of the other things that we see quite a bit is right around the holiday time. So we, we've got uh, Halloween coming up and shortly after that we'll have Thanksgiving and then shortly after that it's Christmas, right? And uh, you know, we'll get family members traveling all over the place. Now, in Arizona, and like some of the southern places, we got a lot. We have a lot of uh, elder care facilities, and we run on those. We have several in our in my district that uh, that we run on. And uh, what we see is that um, during the holidays. Kids come and they grab their parents and take them out, want to spend time with their parents and stuff around the holidays, and, and they get them out. Now, that's great. Spend time with your family, get them out and doing things. What we kind of see is that the, the children, when they grab their parents, aren't as familiar with their routine in the elder care facility as they, may sh as they should be, Okay. When you grab your parents out, you know, a, a typical day may be at this, uh, at an elder care facility. They wake up, they walk to the one room, converse, play cards, or they go get their breakfast and then go sit and watch some TV, uh, talk, walk back to their room, um, rest, lunch, rest, uh, dinner kind of thing. But they're at the facility for the majority of the time. When the kids come and pick them up and take them out, you know, and they, they start running them around the mall, uh, start taking them, uh, you know, all that extra activity. 
can mean a lot of stress on the body and throw them out of whack, something that they're not used to doing. And so we see a lot of times when, uh, and they're not used to their, you know, how their parents act all the time as, as well. You know, they see them, you know, maybe once a week when they come to go to visit. Uh, so they're not really used to them on a regular basis and seeing what takes place or how things work, right? So understand that if, uh, if you're pulling your parents out of elder care to spend time with you, that is a great thing to do. Um, it's needed. Parents love it. But understand that you may need to take it easy with them. Okay, you may need to take it easy. It's shopping through the mall, walking a couple of miles in the mall, uh, so that they could go shop and do a variety of different things may not be the best thing for them. Okay, so we need to keep in mind uh, what takes place at the elder care facility and try to mimic that as much as possible um, when you bring them to the house. Okay, and when they're around people, just that getting up and all that excitement is a lot more energy and exercise than they may be used to. Okay. One of the, one of the kind of uh, biggest ones that we get is people coming from the, the north coming down, and this affects all ages, uh, hiking our mountains. 2017, there was like uh, over 259 rescues done, 95 of those dealt with helicopters. Just because you can walk a couple of miles up north uh, on a uh, on a flat ground doesn't mean you can do the same thing in the mountains in the desert. Okay, even though it's cool, it's still the desert, and uh, and you're dehydrated. Okay, you're not able to do exactly the same things you're able to do up north. Okay. So we need to make sure, pay attention to where you're where you're going, what the climate is, what conditions are are, are happening, so that you can make sure that you're making safety your first choice. Okay. I, uh, so because we're getting into the holiday season and, and people are going to be starting to take some trips, uh, next week I'm going to, uh, I think I'm going to have a uh, dive master. I, I was talking with him and, and he pointed out some things, you know, a lot of times people like to go on these vacations and do dive trips and there's a variety of things that need to be considered when doing so. So we're going to we're going to talk to him, touch base with him, and see what uh, what kind of things we need to know about. Uh, we're doing some vacation stuff, and uh, I think we're going to get into a lot of uh, holiday safety stuff to to kick off this holiday, so we can all make sure that our our holidays are safe. So that was today's show. I would like to thank you for being with us. Your host, Todd Murray, safety is your first choice. Make sure you drop us a line, send us an email, give us a call, the uh, Voice America Variety Channel, or safety is your first choice at gmail.com. Again, thank you, and make this next week a safe one. you so much for tuning in this week for safety is your first choice be sure to join host todd murray again next wednesday at 11 a.m pacific time 2 p.m eastern time for another edition of the program on the voice america variety channel this week be safe